There's a little book. I've mentioned it to people before. And it's just one of my favorites. And I'm going to base this morning's talk on this book. It's called Movements of Grace by Jeff McSwain. The Dynamic Christo-Realism of Barth, Bonhoeffer, and the Torrances. Now, anybody who's done Bible study, been to Bible school, gotten into the books and dug into theology will recognize all four of those names, Barth, Bonhoeffer, and of course the two Torrance brothers, the Torrances. Powerful. And they were, they were known for their message of inclusion, incarnation, and grace. I want to give you a new definition of grace this morning. You ready? Grace is God saying yes to a yes. I'm going to quote from the book to Barth, Bonhoeffer, and the Torrances. Grace is not an abstract truth. It's a reality in itself. By God's revelation in Jesus Christ, we are given the blessed assurance to know that all human beings are included in the humanity of the Savior. And in Christ, we discover the movements of grace, a God-human word and a human-God word, double movement, all by the Holy Spirit. See, as, as God's grace unfolds in our lives and we renew our mind, we become more and more aware that instead of me bringing Christ into my life, he's always been there. I've always been in him. I've never not belonged to him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Of God's doing are we in Christ. He is both the genesis and the gen genius of our wisdom, a wisdom that reveals how righteous, sanctified, and redeemed we already are in him. Get that. That already are. See, you already are. You're not becoming. You already are. Now, we need to renew our mind. We fight daily with this unrenewed pagan mind, if you will, as we bring our thoughts into captivity, Paul used that, that uh, phrase and that wording, that idea of captivity. But he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, Jesus did not act independently of his Father. See, we, we have the Father in heaven and Jesus on the cross. Jesus did not act independently of the Father. God was present in Christ when they reconciled the total cosmos to themselves. That's the entire earth. That's all the planets. That's you. That's me. All of it was reconciled. Deity and humanity embraced. God's act of reconciliation takes every other conclusion out of the equation. No amount of trespasses can match God's evaluation of the human race. Redeemed friendship is now announced from within us. Redeemed friendship. See, you're God's friend 
not because you try to be, but because he's made you. See, did you get in that worship melody there that we sang? One of the songs was, I am a friend of God. Not because you chose it, but because you are that in him. He made you that. See, that's what grace is all about. It's not me trying. It's me accepting what he's already done. Jesus, the Bible calls him, is our mediator. James Torrance, one of the brothers, said this, I quote, We are not thrown back on ourselves. Jesus has already provided the perfect response. It's called the alreadiness of the gospel. See, Jesus didn't come, live his life, do his miracles, die, hang on a cross and die, get buried, rise again, go back to heaven, and then give us a holy book and a set of morals that we're to live by and then, you know, sweat and try to live like him and try to improve your life and stop your sin and we live like he put it back on us. He came, he died, he was buried and he rose again and then he says here, Jim, do the best you can. I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you, but uh, figure this thing out and do the best. <laughs> it's how we live. We are not thrown back on ourselves. Jesus has already provided the perfect response. You know, that's what the word responsibility means. Responsibility. It's my response to his ability. Uh, sounds like you just repeated the same word. No, you weren't listening. It's my response to his ability. It's his ability. He doesn't leave me to myself. See, we don't try hard to become like Jesus. We already are like him. Do, do you recall the garden scene back in Genesis? What was it that the snake introduced into the garden in his conversation with Adam and Eve? A lie. And what was that lie specifically? You know the sin wasn't eating of the fruit of the tree, right? That was not the sin. The sin happened before that. As they believed what they were being told. What did he tell them? Go ahead, eat. Because God knows that in the moment you eat of it, you will become like him. The lie was, you're not already, you need to do this to become like. See, you're not enough like Jesus, so you need to go to church, read your Bible faithfully, pray, be kind to others, so that you can be like him. Now see, all of those things come out of my likeness. I don't do those things to become like him. I'm already like him, and so I will want to do those things as I renew my mind, and I become more and more aware of how he's included me and not left me to myself. We are already perfect in him. Could I say it this way? Jeremy Bigby, who was, uh, wrote the foreword to the book, Movements of Grace, he in his foreword, 
said a stunning thing that I loved as he was summarizing the book. He said, Jesus has already provided the perfect human response that we could never provide. He's already shunned the temptation that we could never resist. He's already pleaded the prayer that we could never utter. He's already defeated the fear that we could never conquer. Our own response now is enfolded into his prior response on our behalf. Jesus has prayed for you. Now, it's good to pray, but your prayers are not done in an effort to get or to improve the quality of your life or to, you know, so that God will hear you and somehow be appeased and pleased and then give you something that you don't already have. It's already yours. Really, the majority of prayer is, is a life of worship and awareness of, of how good he is and introducing others into that. Our own response now is enfolded into his prior response on our behalf. In the words of Jeff, excuse me, in the words of Jeff's mentor, Alan Torrance, quote, grace is yes to a yes. Now, what do we mean? Well, let's read this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not a yes and no, but in him it's always yes. And it's always been yes. In him it's always yes. See, God's not waiting for you to do something. It's not a matter of performance so that God, if you do the right thing, can say, okay, yes, bless them. Okay, yes, they went to church. Or, okay, yes, they're being kind. Or, yes, they're obeying me. No, see, it's yes to a yes, but it's not your yes. It's yes to Jesus' yes. Jesus said yes for you. Yes, I'll live the perfect human life. Yes, I'll go to the cross. Yes, I'll bear that death so that I can conquer it through my flesh. Yes, and God says yes to Jesus' yes, and you're in Jesus. So grace is a yes to a yes, not your yes, Jesus is yes, and he's perfect. He's done it all for you. So God's yes is a yes to Jesus' yes. Here's another quote from Jeff, from Jeff the author, Jeff McSwain. In fact, the yes of God is not spoken first and foremost of foremost to us at all but to the elected one the man who as our mediator has said yes for us on our behalf the inner meaning of the eternal covenant of grace then is humanity's inclusion in the yes that is really a double yes the yes of election means that God has said yes to us and yes for us in Jesus Christ 
Grace is a yes to a yes. That sounds confusing. Well, read it back. Watch it back. Get this book. Can you believe that's all I have? Isn't that amazing? These things are getting shorter and shorter. That is amazing right there. Now, I'd like to know what you heard. I'd like to hear from you. Nina says, it sounds like the only thing we have to say is yes. <laughs> yes. There's really two questions that all the other questions get boiled down into, really, in life. One is, who is God? What is he like? And the second one is, what should be my response to that? I hope you're week after week coming to know a good God here at Genesis Gathering. I hope you're coming to know a God that has included you, not because of something you've done or any performance on your own or ability, but based on his faithful covenant. He has said yes. And God is good. There is no shadow of turning, no darkness and no evil in God. None. He is a good God. What is my response to that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm in him. He's in me. Kathy says here, Jack had a dream in the Lord. Jack had a dream in the and, oh, okay, in it, the Lord showed him a glimpse of heaven. He said it was so beautiful, and he did not want to wake up. Well, presumably last night. Is that, is that true? Anybody? We have a microphone. Seems to me that the response to all of what you've said is, uh, well, you were saying, you know, what's our response? Well, I think our response is, wow, I've got nothing to worry about. I, I can be at peace. It's, I don't have, there's no guilt, no shame. Closer, please. Just be at peace. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. 
supposed to enjoy life with God. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to enjoy. See, I picked up on that word. You know why? John 10.10, Jesus said this. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. One translation says, real fun life. Who else? Well, you know what happens if you don't... Oh, okay. Ralph says, as God and Jesus said, yes already. Mine is not necessary, but opens up possibilities here and now. Yes. And here's something I like about that. I'm going to dovetail that. Um, let me think of the, the word. Um, it'll come back to me. And I'll be able to tell you there's a particular word I want to use because it's very descript. Questions, comments, feelings. James? What I think about the Lord is that uh, he's, he's for us, so you know that sometimes that we're, we're our worst enemy, you know, because we doubt ourselves, you know, but the Lord, he, he never doubts us, you know, he's, he's always there to to help us and to you know if we want something that that we believe that's true you know that that it's from him you know that he he'll make it happen you know because he loves us you know and and he he wants the very best for us you know and uh he's his 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 heart is is big you know and he's just full of love you know and He's a good God, and that's what I think about, you know. It's Thank you, Jim. Anybody else? Let me check the... Okay. Do you want me to go? Yes. Okay. As it, uh, when you talk about inclusion, 
One of the things that comes to my mind and one of the things that has been going through my mind for a while is that in God, God is everywhere all at once. You know, that movie, we saw it twice, I slept through it twice. Um, in that movie, it, it dawned on me, it's God that is everything, everywhere, all at once. It's like the universe, the Holy Spirit extends through all things that are brought to our awareness, the, the stars, the heavens, all of that stuff. Uh, is inclusive in the Holy Spirit, and that's how God can be everywhere all at once. We only have to say yes to plugging into him. It's a choice that we have to make. God made us a choosing being, so we choose to plug into that, and in that, all things that we can eventually imagine for ourselves can be possible. If we imagine it, that's another one of your messages. And that's kind of where my thought pattern goes to inclusive. It's always there, he's always loved us, it's always been surrounded by his love. We just have to see it and, and choose it and do it. Okay, thank you. Good thoughts.